like whatever you use to set goals this year, maybe it is more of a subtracting word like constraint, like selectiveness, like discernment, as opposed to necessarily listing achievements or things that you're going to add in or extra things that you're going to have. Hello, my beautiful friends. My name is Dr. Beck. And I am Christine Barker. And this is Am I Doing It Wrong? A podcast for doctors by doctors. Dr. Beck is a mindset coach and medical doctor who specializes in liberating driven professional women from the limitations of perfectionism, imposter syndrome, and people pleasing. She's basically the cheat code for getting out of your own way, showing up authentically, and living a life you're proud of. And Christine is a medical educator and nephrologist who creates resources for doctors in training that I truly think are an unfair advantage. She makes complex topics super simple and takes the pain and uncertainty out of passing your medical exams. Christine and I connected a few years ago via our online platforms and over the years we've discussed countless highs, lows and in-betweens of Dr. Life. And in doing so we've experienced firsthand the power of vulnerable conversations to show us where we get in our own way and underestimating our capacity. So we want you to be part of the conversation and experience these same results. Every week on the pod, we'll be bringing you conversations which shine light in dark places, normalize the doctor journey, ease unnecessary suffering, and give you actionable steps to thrive in all facets of your life. So grab a cuppa and get cozy for this week's episode of Am I Doing It Wrong? The podcast for doctors, by doctors. Hello, everybody. We are so excited for everybody joining us live. All right, all is working well. We are so glad to be back with you guys again. I hope everybody's doing really well. And today is such a wonderful, exciting episode. I've got to be honest, guys, I'm still tired, but I'm feeling energized right in this moment because we are thinking about the new year. And when I think about the new year, I just have so much, oh, I have this exciting sense of possibility and I know that there's going to be so much growth and opportunity and I just can't wait to do some of the exercises that we'll talk about for you guys in this episode too um, including a review of the year just gone I love the year in review exercises because they more than anything give me this sense of self-efficacy and growth like that that amazing recognition that in just the space of one year all of this has happened and I can barely recognize myself from a year ago so that's probably funnily enough the most exciting expansive part of doing this new year's kind of work for me I just love looking back what about you what's your how do you feel about this new year's work Yes, I feel the same. I was actually going to ask you if you had like a formal process. On top of that, I think what's important about doing the year in review and then setting intentions for the next year when you do that is that that's when you notice it. Once you start doing that work and you get to the the next year, you can actually see your growth. I think, um, you know, I just... That there might be some people listening who are kind of going from one year to the next year and they haven't been doing their year in review so they're not paying attention to their growth and change and they definitely will be doing the growth and change but I think what we're saying is it's this sort of it's top of mind and you can really be intentional set your goals and I guess watch yourself achieve them it gives you a lot of confidence in your ability to do hard things when you're able to bring your vision board to life. So it is a beautiful little session. And I'm curious, Beck, when you sit down to do your, because you are the journaling 
queen. I would I would regard you as the journaling queen. So <laughs> when you sit down to do your year in review, are there particular is there a particular way that you do this in terms of questions you ask yourself or a set order? Tell me about it. People are probably not going to like this, but I will go back and forth between the two things. I'm not I'm not somebody who I found over time I won't sit down and strictly do the year before year in review first and then I will move on cleanly to my goals my intentions my priorities my word etc for the next year but instead I just like to let it sort of flow out of me in a more natural way I don't necessarily think or um ask myself to sit down in this arbitrary space of 30 minutes that I've decided on a Sunday afternoon and suddenly get out all of my most important insights and intentions for the year to come. I actually let it sort of come out of me over the space of a maybe a week or even two weeks. I just kind of, well, actually very appropriately, I will set my mind's intention to think about this over the period of time. And because I've set that intention, my subconscious will go to work on it. You know, I'll be doing something over here at work and a thought will come to mind about something that's really important to me. Or I'll be, I don't know, reading or looking at this and that. And I'll have a memory of something that happened over the last year that I'd otherwise forgotten. And just having something to, um, having that intention and then having a place to jot down those ideas, I just keep it on like one note on my phone. I'll have a note where I'll, I'll keep all of these little ideas as they come up. And then after I've given myself a bit of time, I will then sit down and kind of bring all those ideas together. So I'm sorry to all of my color-coded notebook highlighters, <laughs> perfectionistic humans. I know that the idea of having this beautiful structured session, it, it tempts me too. However, I don't get the best results from doing that. What about you? How do you find this comes out best for you? Yeah, I'm probably more of like a one sesh kind of person. But to be honest, I probably do this a few times throughout the year. So energetically, I love the transition from one year to the next, from December into January. That always feels like a really natural time to sort of, yeah, just see see what I've done, see what I still want to do, all of that. But around my birthday as well, I also have this... A similar thing happens so energetically throughout the year I get to these natural little I guess times where I I do I do reflect and review and starting to think about quarters and things as well so I do kind of like a big one kind of December January and then it's kind of like a how you going <laughs> every few months just to make sure I'm on I'm on track but I do like that kind of just sitting with a coffee and a journal and just seeing what comes up um but probably I, I'm not putting myself under so much pressure to do it if I've got that chance of <laughs> catching up with myself in a few months. But yours is obviously, um, you know, a lot more like you're doing it in this annual cycle, which is which is beautiful. Um, and what about your uh, your year just gone and your vision boards? And is, it, is there anything that when you reflect back, you think, oh, like, you know, that was a good year or... <laughs> What what do you think about the year just gone and what would you do differently or the same? Yeah, I mean, there are so many things that I put on my vision board that this was the first year, guys, that I'd done a vision board. I'd sort of heard it and I intellectually supported the idea of creating vision boards for a long time, just in the sense of, you know, 
setting your eyes on a target, having a, using your confirmation bias to work to your advantage, i.e. directing your mind each day to what you want and making sure that, you know, those, those daily decisions that you make that add up are actually leaning in a direction that is different but desired as opposed to what is just default which is where you'd otherwise lean if you didn't have that that intention in front of you so this year was the first year I finally did a vision board and to be honest it was so uncomfortable I put so many things on the vision board that felt like (laughs) the feeling was disappointed in advance like I don't even want to put this on my vision board because I am not going to achieve it I'm just going to end up disappointed looking back and I'm going to wish I didn't do this exercise. I just don't want to put it on there, but I'm I'm so delighted as to how many things that me a year ago thought were a total stretch and would be the greatest gift and delight to uh, grow into have actually happened. So I just, I think um, I looking at my vision board now, it's just a really fun mixture of feelings. One being feeling really proud, but quite strikingly feeling quite astounded. And with that, very excited knowing that me a year ago didn't believe that I could be where I am now. And the same thing will happen again next year. Me right now, I can't even comprehend that I, the person that I could be in one year's time. So that's my feeling about the vision board. And I just cannot um, emphasize enough and encourage everyone enough to be, to do that uncomfortable work. As I was saying, for me, setting intentions, setting goals for the year to come is uncomfortable because my brain will go to, oh, you're going to be so disappointed when you don't achieve this or, ah, it's so embarrassing that you would put this goal on here and then you don't achieve it. All those kind of perfectionistic high achiever kind of fears and thoughts. So I, I would encourage you to let yourself be uncomfortable for that 30 minutes, that hour, whatever you decide to spend, because, if you can push through that discomfort, it's going to pay you back over the whole next 365 days. And you will say, gosh, that discomfort was so worth it. Absolutely. But also just on that, I think like we're talking about, cause we're, we're sort of in this 12 month cycle and I was so grateful to knock off so many things on my vision board in just a year, but sometimes it takes longer. Like, so say for example, well, I've got this GN tutorial that I have, right? The idea for that came like three years before I made that. I was doing my advanced training and I wanted to make an ebook. And I did not make an ebook, I ended up making this tutorial thing. So it was like all these things evolved. And I guess what I'm saying is that if you have some kind of vision for future you, it might not be a year, it might not be this year, it might be just, it'll all unfold naturally. So I just, I don't want anyone to be thinking, um, you know, they're disappointed if they still haven't achieved what they wanted to, even if they have made a vision board and, and all the things. And even this podcast, Beck and I went a walk, was it two, three years ago? We were like, oh, wouldn't it be great to have a podcast? <laughs> three years later, <laughs> two years later, I think two years later. It wasn't even an intention that we set for this year either. And I can, uh, can I just take a moment to echo that too? I've got things on my vision board that I did not achieve 
there are two big categories that I did not achieve. And then many like little things in it, in other categories that weren't specifically achieved as well. And again, like those thoughts still come up. My initial thoughts are still like, ah, oh, did like, I didn't do enough. I didn't do good enough, blah, 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 blah. But that's just the price that we pay for getting the benefit of setting these intentions. Like we have to be willing to fail. We have to be willing for things to not go perfectly. The reason that we're willing to do that is because as you're saying, Christine, when you set a goal or an intention, whatever you want to say, when you set your sights on something, you then are more likely to move towards it, right? And sometimes you don't move all the way to it in a year, but sometimes it takes those like two to three years or longer to achieve it. And we we can't let the possibility of failure stop us from, from getting the benefit of setting these goals and intentions. And I, I'm constantly at risk of doing that. So this reminder is for me as much as anyone else. You know, this year when I'm coming into doing this goal setting and intention setting, I am going to be so suspicious and heavily supervising my mind for all of those thoughts that are like, oh, no, that goal's a little bit too big. Just let's just take that down a few notches. No, <laughs> I'm. if it takes three years, if it takes five years, that's okay. It's, it's going on the intentions. Just when you say that, it comes up for me is that one of the things I find hard about this process is knowing what you truly, truly desire. So for example, I've had a lot of metrics on there. Say for example, I um, I do some singer songwriter thingies and I've put that on hold for a while and I'll be bringing that back at some point in 2024. But when I first did that and I put my little songs out on Spotify, that automatically made me be like, I want to be in a stadium tour (laughs) and I want to have millions of downloads but at the time I thought I meant that and then now in this moment does that matter to me not really like actually would I want to be famous probably not like I I would love this the songs to be shared but I I wouldn't want to be I want to go to the supermarket uh wearing no makeup and be completely ignored like (laughs) Like that's gonna, I, I, would, I wouldn't like that actually, my, my, I wouldn't like that. But there's this sort of, um, I guess probably the part of me that put that on the vision board a few years ago was kind of like uh, seeking attention. That was my ego, right? That wasn't like who I really truly am. And I think sometimes these metrics like, so say you put like a big house on the, on the vision board or something, there's nothing wrong with wanting a big house, but do you really want a big house? Cause you gotta clean it or get staff or whatever you're doing. <laughs> do you really want that? Do you really want all the things? So I think sometimes that can be confusing when you sit down to, to see what you want to achieve, just like checking in with what would truly make you happy and what you truly want for yourself. And I just love this again, cause I feel like the solution to this is still put it down as your best current bet of what you want so that you put it out there and you can actually feel out is something that I want or that I don't want. But when it stays this vague idea in your head, it can be very hard to separate out. Is this my ego or some societal conditioning? What is it? Is it something else or is it me? Like when you just keep the vague idea in your head, I find it much more difficult to separate it out. And again, I've got that stuff in my vision board too, where I'm like, I'm not even sad that I didn't achieve it because (laughs) I feel like it was a vanity metric rather than something that really signals what's important to me, which is the impact that I was using as a surrogate marker for that. It was like just to be 
so it's not so big. It was literally getting the 4,000 view hours on YouTube, which was supposed to be a surrogate marker for me for me putting out my concepts and sharing my concepts and then being so useful to people on YouTube for free that the channel gets a lot of attention and a lot of watch time. And it doesn't, I think I would like to rephrase that this year when I'm setting my intention, because probably the idea of having 4,000 watch hours or whatever the actual metric is, doesn't actually ignite anything in me each day. You know, if it doesn't create thoughts, but when, when you think about what intention setting is and goal setting is, it's directing your mind. You know, the reason I have a vision board is because every day I get this shortcut to put my attention onto all the things that are important to me, all the things that I want to move towards. So I just see this visual, the thoughts are implanted in my mind because of that. And then any of those impactful thoughts will create emotions in me. Those emotions will then affect my behaviors for the day, which includes how I make decisions. So if I put something on my vision board or whatever kind of goal setting intention tool that you use, even if it's whatever word you pick, if that word or that goal doesn't actually create a thought that ignites some kind of emotional effect in you, it's not going to affect your behaviors. So you can't just put anything on the board. You can't put a big house on the board if you're actually repelled by the idea of the big house because you're like, I do not want to dust, as you said. <laughs> if I put a massive house on my board, I would. it's not coming to me. <laughs> I love what you said about making decisions because this was something that happened this year specifically because next year's vision board, I've got a lot of different things on it. But um, this year was really if I'm super honest, it was the the year that I decided to go all in on one thing. And that thing was my online business. And although I was still doing my clinical work, there were loads of things that I had to give and they felt really scary at the time. So in order to go all in on my business, I had to give up two things. One was my university job, teaching university students. And you think, right, as an educator, as a doctor who's an educator, I really should have a position at the university right that would validate me in some way especially because I chose not to do a PhD I think there was part of me that thought well I need to have something to show for myself here <laughs> I don't think the YouTube channel's gonna gonna cut it and so I was I was in this kind of mindset where I was keeping myself stuck because I, I had like this I should have a position at the university but the truth is I did it for a year and I loved the students I loved them and I hated everything else about it <laughs> And I just, it was really, when I left it, I felt so free. And that freed up a whole day a week for me to focus on what I had wanted to do for the longest time, but things kept getting in the way, right? I kept working too much on other things and not getting not getting what I really wanted done. And the other thing I had to um, put to the side was my, my singing um, sort of endeavors, because <laughs> it sounds daft, but I was doing like singing lessons and guitar lessons, and I was making content, and I can only make so much content, and it was <laughs> I was driving myself insane and I was two different people and it was so I actually shelved that part of myself which sounds like a terrible thing to do 
But I honestly, my energy was very much like it's now or never. This is it. You gotta, you gotta build this. This thing that's in your head, you gotta build this. And and this year, I did build my website basically and built a whole new clinical exam course and all the things. And the whole year has basically been about that. I would say that I haven't been seeing friends as much as I you know normally would I've disconnected and I have gone all in and I'm really glad I did that and I've I've seen the power of doing that like the power of focus and the power of backing yourself and going all in but what you were saying about decisions like it was very easy then to be like right I'm doing this this year this is what I'm doing and then any other opportunities that came my way I'm like does it align with this no you know, like the singer-songwriter thing. No, nope, doesn't align with this. I need my Sundays to not perform on a stage somewhere. I need my Sundays to make YouTube videos, <laughs> whatever I was doing. So I, I guess it was just being really, really um, ruthless with my time and my energy. And it was really helpful to make decisions. And like you say, if you set that intention, everything's so clear and you can so easily set boundaries. So that was this year and it was such a success. But I, I also, having lived this year and understood that I have missed parts of myself I will be bringing them back in 2024 Um, and I think it's also you know a year's not a long time like to to sacrifice things for put things on hold it's actually not necessarily always a bad thing um because yeah because hopefully you know we get if you know unless something awful happens you get the blessing of the next year um a year's not a long time yeah what, what would you say to that in terms of your experience of this year. I love that idea that it's just a year. I think that is such a useful mindset to come into this work with because it can feel like this big deal thing. And again, I'm I'm just worried about people shying away from this work for whatever reason, whether it's because of the discomfort that I, I talked about at, that comes up for me, like the, the wanting to avoid feeling disappointed in advance and putting something on that feels outrageous and ridiculous, you know, the discomfort that comes there. Or if it is the idea that you have to make this perfect decision because it's a whole year, you need to make this, you need to set your values or your integrity for life. I love the idea that it's just a year. I think that's such a helpful mindset to do this work from. It's just a year. And I just feel like what you said also just echoes this really important, hopefully motivational factor to do this work, which is you get so much information by being discerning, by making these decisions, by setting these priorities. You set this priority to, um, I think you said, cut off or push to the side. I'm paraphrasing here, sorry, a part of you with that musical part of you. You put that person to the side for this year, that part of you. And you did that for strategic reasons because of your other goals and priorities. And also by doing that, you've you've learned that actually that part of you is really valuable and really important. And that might sound super obvious, but the truth is every single aspect of us can't be prioritized. It can't be important. If we make everything important and we make everything a priority, then nothing is important. Nothing is a priority. So you you were able to do this test for yourself where you, you said, okay, is this a part of me that I'm able to put to the side and go without in order to have these other things in my life that are important. And what you've learned from that is, no, I'm actually better off when I have that part of me. So next year, I'm going to integrate it. Next year, it's not going to be a negotiable thing. I'm going to have that part of me in some aspect. And I just, when you team together the idea that it's just a year 
And when you set these priorities, when you make these decisions, you get so much clarity, both looking back from the end of the year of being like, oh no, that wasn't the right balance. That wasn't the right mix. So I'm going to change it for the next year, that kind of clarity. And also the day-to-day clarity of, am I going to pick X, Y, or Z? Well, given that my intention is this, given that my goal is this, obviously I'm going to pick Y. That's the clear answer. I don't need to second guess myself. I don't need to worry about what everybody else wants. I don't need to, um, I don't know, dot the I's and cross the T's with all these other factors that you could bring forward to make that decision. It's very simple. I've got these priorities. I've got this goal. This one's congruent. The others aren't. That makes your day-to-day life so much better. And it makes it so much easier for you to be consistent and actually give that priority the best crack, the best effort to actually make progress in it. And actually I'm thinking more and more how that constraint that you're talking about and hearing you talk about how impactful that was, how that's something that is probably going to be one of my priorities for next year, this discernment, this constraint, setting these limits, not boundaries, but just limits for myself. I say limits because they're, they're not for my needs. They're not for my safety, you know, as boundaries are, but they're just my preference. This is my limit. This is how I want to spend my resources. That's it. And I, I want to, I want to benefit from that discernment that you were able to benefit from this year. Yeah, and I think th- that was something that I had always like. I don't, I don't want to use the word struggle. <laughs> I'm trying to get away from that word. Um, previously in the past, boundaries were something that I had wrestled definitely <laughs> with. Yes, sounds <laughs> so strong. <laughs> um yeah and and but like like you say it it actually was so simple this year and I was setting boundaries from just such an aligned place because it's just like it was an identity shift it wasn't just I'm going all in on this and in some ways it was building like if you're building a house you're building the house and you're building the foundations and you build the house and then in subsequent years you can redecorate the house you can change the house but this was my year to build the house and i think that that's something that we can all resonate with you know getting through your training you're building the house you know you're getting to the end so that you can then design a life that that you just love um but yeah i find that the that having that sort of um that just a really simple vision made it so easy to make those decisions like you say and but from an embodied aligned place like i wasn't being like i guess previously when i've set boundaries i was i always felt like a tension of like oh like this feels hard to say no and oh and it feels awful and how do i word this email or how do i say no and this was just like Oh, I just it's not aligning so no no it was an easy no and I said no differently in a really kind way and it all happened so naturally so I didn't really have to work at it because like you say you just you had the plan execute the plan like that was that was it so it was really beautiful and then yeah I think your discernment for next year and um, is gonna be well, to be honest, I think you do this really well already. Like you're good at knowing where you want to put your energy. So it sounds like you're just leveling up on that. Like you've got some big goals and you just, you can see that you're going to have to be even more ruthless with your time and energy or intentional, maybe intentional better than ruthless. We're wrestling and we're ruthless. <laughs> we're not struggling, not struggling at all. I am sure this is relevant to a lot of listeners here today, I I want you to think about when it comes to setting goals, that it's not just about adding more in and achieving more heights and this and that, but 
so often, and certainly what Christine and I can talk about benefiting from a lot this year is stripping back. That is a goal. And as Christine alluded to, it is it is a goal and it is something you have to grow into because as you say no to things, all these barriers come up, all these new skills come up that uh, you've suddenly found you're underdeveloped in because you've never had to use them before. And it's not as simple as subtracting things from your life. Sometimes you have to grow into the person who can do less and say no. It's not a, a regressing process. It's actually a growth process to say no, to have less, to lose things. And I wonder if that might be something that's useful for us, you know, the population of people who listen to this podcast, hello, super successful, high achievers. We're not here because you guys need motivation or you need to learn how to press the willpower button or do more hard work. No, 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 no. It's quite the opposite. You guys have got that side of life sorted. And if anything, we're here because we know that as doctors, we are, we're all selected in as these people who will do the work in front of us. And to be able to up-level our life, it's often not about doing more. It is about doing less and being very selective, discerning, exclusive, and clever about what, what that less is, what that actually looks like. So maybe your vision board or whatever kind of intention setting, goal setting you use. I have a lot of words on my vision board, guys. I'm not a super visual person, although I'd like to tap into that more. But whatever you use to set goals this year, maybe it is more of a subtracting word like constraint, like selectiveness, like discernment, as opposed to necessarily listing achievements or things that you're going to add in or extra things that you're going to have what are your thoughts on that, Christine? I I just feel like that's something that has probably propelled the most growth in me over the last couple of years. Not more, but less. I feel like it resonates so much. It was like a an aha moment you gave me there because I was like, yes, because I feel like I've really like grafted this year. But also, yes, also part of it was like was the stripping back like you said it was the lessening of the load it was the white space it was the yeah everything you said I just so wholeheartedly agree with and um the words as well having a word um that you identify with um can you share some of the words on your vision board because I feel like this year um because Beck had told me this just before we came on but I feel like this year you really have embody these words it's so funny when I, I went to get my vision board because Christine was like hey what you, like what's your gear interview so far like how are you feeling and I was like I'm just not I'm mentally there yet like as I said I need to take my time to grasp the whole year that's gone so I went and got my vision board and I was like what have I put on here and I again I remember feeling so little when I was writing these words down, like there were really things that I had to grow into and reading them back now, I just feel, I feel so proud of myself. The words. So this was, these were the words that I wrote down associated with uh, me in my, as a professional in my coaching business. And obviously it relates to me personally, but it's more important in terms of being the person who communicates this message and has the impact that matters in my coaching business. So these words were the biggest 
boldest word is bold, bold. I wanted to be bold. And I feel like that seemed so far away last year. And I feel like I've been very bold this year in so many ways. Serve, as in serving, undefended, real. And actually undefended, I might just pause on that for a moment because, you know, so much throughout this process and a lot of you guys could relate if you are in positions where you're stepping up into leadership positions or running a business. I know a lot of you guys in medicine are also practice owners or you're working in um, director roles in practices and you see you've stepped up into this leadership position and you have to set culture and and so on. Um, But for anybody else, I know there are a lot of people in medicine who are doing um, more uh, extra medicine stuff. You know, you are creating your other, you're giving value in other places outside of medicine. And when you start to, let's just say tall poppy, as we do in Australia, when you start to poke your head out as being different, you can easily feel like you are attacked. And I projected a lot of that onto myself uh, in the initial years of starting to work as a coach. You know, it's it, especially when I started, it wasn't a well-known um, uh, profession. Now, in those first years, because I was insecure about the validity of my work, I was very easily feeling defensive and lots of times and like I needed to justify myself and mm, yeah, just a feeling that I need to justify myself. And that undefended feeling was something that last year I, I really just craved. I was like, I know I believe in this. I need to stop focusing or giving attention to other people's opinions and therefore justifying or explaining externally because I have my own internal justifications. I have my own internal reasonings. But again, that felt like something I had to grow into at right now at this moment. And for as long as I can remember for this year, undefended feels like my natural state now. And because of that, I feel like I can receive criticism or doubt or any form of sort of uh, anybody not being completely on board. And this undefended state just keeps me in myself. It keeps me in my own integrity instead of jumping into their mind or needing to to justify or have them understand. So that's just such a beautiful, beautiful state to be in for me. I'm so glad that I'm there. And real is the word next to that. And being undefended helps me stay more real as opposed to going into ego and, and justifying and so on. I've got failure, adapt, massive action, imperfect, an example of what's possible, contribute, open, hand up, as in like go first, get involved, um, be vulnerable. Lead with love and softness, steady in uncertainty that goes with the undefended state. Lead a new way. I'm so firmly in the belief that we need a new way to show up in our lives as as women in general. And I I just say that from the perspective of I feel like a lot of women in my life, in my experience, and also based on the results of women, we underestimate ourselves. We underestimate ourselves and it's not that it's our fault, but we need to 
nobody is coming to, you know, put that mirror up to us necessarily. We need to be the ones who can recognise what we're capable of first. And so this new way that I'm talking about is really in seeing yourself, recognising yourself, appreciating yourself, backing yourself. And I feel so strongly that that's so important. And I know that I need to be someone who's able to go first with that too. And I feel very um, happy that I'm breaking out of underestimating myself too, but I know I'm taking, I'm just taking layers off. There's more layers each time I go, but I've made a lot of grounds there. Belief before evidence, which is about acting in or from a place of what you know is possible and what you want to create instead of being held back by the quote evidence, do my little quote marks here, as in evidence, as in what's been done before, what there is literally, let's take it to the medical extreme research papers for. Belief before evidence is like, well, it's possible that there are things that are true that haven't been proven in research papers. Why don't you be the scientist? Why don't you be the person who writes the hypothesis? Why don't you be the person who goes out and tests it? And then you create new possibilities in the world. And fast learning and what else have I got? I think that's enough. I just, I feel like I've, I could talk about all this for so long, but I just, I I have a lot to grow into there still. But my point is, I think for that, that, and again, coming back to why we want you guys to do this exercise, it's not about a hundred percent achieving what you put on your board in this rigid one year time. It's about when you do this work, you you think, feel, and behave in a way that moves you closer towards what you're saying that you want. And I am so glad that I made myself uncomfortable enough to write down those words that I didn't feel worthy of at the start of the year, because right now I feel uh, very proud that I have grown towards and into so many of those important ways of living and being and offering a professional service in yeah and I think that's something we can all relate to and thank you for sharing those words because I think that's really good because the vision board I, I do love pictures but I think it's actually great to have one that's just got words on it I think that's for those all different people in the world but I guess what I guess just to finish on this because um obviously we were going to go over time but um I feel like when I can just imagine everyone putting those kind of words on their vision board and growing into them like you've said And I think the most beautiful thing about growing into those words is that there are people behind you that will need help to grow into their words. And so once you've embodied your words and you are bold and confident and authentic and all the things, then you can look, you know how you got there and then you can help other people to rise. And I feel like that is beautiful. So um, do it for yourself, do it for your own happiness, but you, you will have a domino effect just by stepping into your own words I believe what we also know about this group of people who are successful people high achievers um often women but I'm not excluding you guys you know I I personally just like to focus on women in my business just because we share a lot of very similar thoughts it's very relatable um to to bring a group together that have very specifically similar thoughts and socialization but when for a lot of us women, men, especially people in the service industry, especially people who have selected to do medicine or healthcare in general, 
we are often very focused on serving other people and we hold that value right or wrong about putting others first. And a lot of you will be in a space where you find it selfish or self-indulgent to do this kind of work. And for me, I definitely have used the motivation uh, at earlier times in my life to recognize that me as a person, as Christine's saying, we have a domino effect, you know? So if you can't do it for yourself, then think about the other people that you're doing it for, the other people that will benefit from you showing up in a different way. And even just in the sheer act of deciding that you're going to give yourself 30 minutes, I don't want to hear this, guys, if this is the only 30 minutes you've given yourself this year, this will break my heart. But if the difference you make this year is that you dedicate yourself 30 minutes to reflect on last year or and or make some intentions next year, even in that, you set an example for the little people around you or your colleagues or friends and family around you, even people older than you who you are in some ways, you know, ahead of in this in this respect, you're being an example of somebody who is honoring themselves, respecting themselves, valuing themselves enough to give themselves 30 minutes. And even that act in itself can be an inspiration to people. You don't know what state people in are in. We are very we very seldom are privileged enough to really hear what is going on in other people's minds. And every action towards respecting ourselves, I think is a change in the world. So if not for you, maybe you can find some motivation to do it for the people around you that you love and you want to influence. I really like that idea. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And we haven't got it all set in stone yet, but we are planning a little catch up, a little potentially some real life um, gathering um, sometime this month in January, 2024. So stay tuned for that. We will announce details via email and on socials. Um, so if you want to do like a bit of a year in review vision board sesh with us, um, stay tuned for all the deets. And thank you so much for listening. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. And we are so excited to do 2024 with you (laughs) so excited we can't wait to hear what you guys plan up as well it's speaking of the domino effect this is why I'm so excited to do this with you Christine it's so fun and inspiring and wholesome to hear other people's zeros in reviews and other people's plans and things too so yes we would we would love to share this stuff with you please let us know either what you're planning to do or if you'd love to join us or give us any gifts of your reflections or your insights or your intentions we just love to hear them and be inspired by them too yeah we'll cheer you on <laughs> thanks guys we'll see you Bye. next week and up in the